have a word in my heart for several of you this morning. Uh, it's based on the law of seed time and harvest that Brenda was talking about. The scripture says that whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. We're instructed not to be weary in well-doing because due season is on its way. So it's our responsibility to keep ourselves out of that area of weariness. And one thing, one way we keep ourselves out of weariness is we wait upon the Lord. We are strong as we wait upon the Lord. We are of good courage when we wait upon the Lord. And so many of you here today are looking for, with great anticipation, for harvest. Thought I'd get a better amen. Let's try this side over here. Many are looking forward to, with great expectation and anticipation, for harvest. So I just want to encourage you, don't allow yourself to get fatigued between the amen and the there it is. We would all like for the there it is to be quicker. We'd like it to be amen and there it is. And sometimes that happens because God is a God of suddenlies. But oftentimes it's like, amen, there it is. So in this gap of amen to there it is, it's our responsibility to keep our hearts encouraged. And one way we can do that is by waiting on the Lord. And like we sang today, magnifying the Lord. And there will always be those lies that come to our soul that it will never happen. It may happen for Raul, but it's not going to happen for me. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. And so what we do with those lies is we submit everything to God. Does this line up with what God has said in his word? Absolutely not. So we submit our thinking to the word of God, and then we resist those thoughts... We resist the devil, and what will he do? He will flee from you. He will have to run from you as in terror. He is so afraid of you getting your harvest. Because he knows once you get your harvest, it puts experience under your belt. And once you have experience under your belt the next time you are never ever going to be moved because you're like a tree planted by the rivers of water oh hallelujah and so whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap You have sown, if you're a Christian, you have sown kindness. But very often, people that come into our lives are not kind. And it looks like we're getting a reverse harvest. But be not deceived. Be not deceived. Those seeds of kindness that you have sown are coming up. I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying, things that have been planted are now coming up. So don't be moved by people who are not nice. You just stay nice. You just stay kind. You stay loving. Sometimes you feel like taking them out of town, tying them to a tree, 
and praying for them all night long. Hallelujah. It shall come to pass. Some have been through, all of us have been through the pandemic. Aren't you glad that it's coming to an end? And it has affected many of you financially. But on a sunny day, on a snowy day, on a stormy day, and on a clear day, you've been faithful to sow your seed. You have been faithful not to back up or to back down, regardless of what has been happening in this world, regardless of any of those things. You have been faithful, and the Lord is saying to you, it's now time for harvest to show up at your door. And don't limit God as to how it's going to happen. We are to keep our mind, we're to keep our hearts set upon Jesus. And for the limited few today that have sown wrong seeds, repent. Didn't get a big amen on that. (laughs) Repentance is a gift from God. Repentance can stop bad things and bad harvests that are on the way and stop them dead in their tracks. Glory to God. It is the goodness of God that will lead men to repentance. Who is that in the house today that has an idea from the Spirit of God that you are working with right now in your heart. Stand up. Stretch forth your hand right now toward them. Oh, ma ki se levrote, apakoli endele kasurre mediste, la faronde le bocose precande, Pray in the Holy Ghost. Because when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you're praying out the perfect will and the perfect plan of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, may that seed that's been planted in their heart and in their mind, may it spring forth. Give them clarity. Give them direction. Give them timing. And we give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. God has more than a million ways to get your harvest to you. He's a good God. Yes, He is. He is a great God. Oh, yes, he is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And he's given you and I angels who will work on our behalf. For in the book of Hebrews, it says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister For those who are heirs of salvation. Have we got any heirs of salvation in the house? Have we got any joint heirs with Jesus in this place today? Woo, glory to God. So the angels of the Lord. Are harvesting angels. 
causing that which has been planted to come into your life. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together. And overflowing. Man, if I could sing, I'd sing that song. I'm living in the overflow. And so the Lord, he wants every one of us to advance. I'm changing my message completely. I believe the Spirit of the Lord is doing that. And so he wants us to advance, to to move forward in his things, in his plan for our lives. Hallelujah. Advance. Anybody remember what A stands for? Stands for your attitude. We've got to have an attitude of advancement, an attitude of harvest, an attitude of breakthrough. That things are not going to be the same from this day forward. I'm advancing and I'm going on with God. D stands for decision, determination. And diligence. Attended a funeral yesterday in Tracy, and I got to thinking about Sam DeMent, who went on to be with the Lord. He made a decision many, many years ago that he was done with drugs. And he let that lifestyle go and gave his heart to Jesus. And now he's in heaven and in glory. Rejoicing before the master and being rewarded for his diligence here on the earth. Your decisions, your determinations bring forth great rewards. Hallelujah. V stands for what? Vision. How many got a vision? What about the rest of you? It says in Proverbs 29:18 where there is no vision the people perish but when you have a vision you can prosper Now we're going to talk right now about the next A and it deals with anticipation and it deals with expectation If we're going to move forward in life, we must have an absolute anticipation and expectation of the goodness of God manifesting in our lives. Years ago, many of you will remember, over there on Wicks Boulevard, remember 15525 Wicks Boulevard? Remember Marina High School? Hey, you talk about days and years of heaven upon the earth. Woo, we had a time. Now the Richardsons live right where the church used to be. That right, Jimmy? Right there, because they tore the school down. It was holy ground. But oh man, the meetings we had in that building. Gloria Copeland. Billy Brim, Kenneth E. Hagan, Mario Murillo, Ron Canole. And when we would do those meetings with Brother Mario, remember Brother Mario always had a mic right here. And he'd get excited about something he, he said, and he'd step aside and said, Amen, Mario, that's good preaching. But every night, before that he would come out, Brother Ron would be up there singing. And he would sing this song, I anticipate the inevitable, supernatural intervention of God. I expect a miracle. 
Whoo, glory to God. It started getting electric in there. The power of God started flowing. Then Ron would start dancing. Amen. And we'd all start singing, I anticipate the inevitable, supernatural intervention of God. I was in my 30s then. I'm in my 70s now. And I have not stopped expecting. I have not stopped anticipating. We must never, never take our foot off the gas. God is on the move. Supernatural intervention of God. I expect a miracle. When a woman is pregnant, she's anticipating a baby to be born. And how many of you women can relate that you could hardly wait until that nine months was up? There was this anticipation, there was this expectation. And along with your expectation, there must be preparation. And so a woman, a family, they go into great preparation for the manifestation of their anticipation. Rooms change. The walls change. Things are put in place. You see, expectancy and anticipation creates a winning attitude. Don't let it go. Don't give up. Even though things haven't looked good, we don't live by look good. We live by looking into the perfect law of liberty, the word of the living God. And folks, that always looks good. You can carry your own weather. The forecast today for Pastor Mark and Pastor Brenda, whoo, glory to God, is favor. 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 Look at Philippians chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. Much of what we expect in life and anticipate in life is in direct proportion to what we are holding on to, what we are seeing. Paul said this in Philippians 1, 19 through 21. He says, For I know this will turn to my salvation through your prayer, And the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and my hope. Paul knew that his visit in the Philippian jailhouse was temporary. He was ready to go on to be with the Lord, but he just knew that there was a supply of the Spirit coming forth from the church at Philippi that would bring forth deliverance. I want you to consider the word earnest with me today. To be earnest is to be ardent in the pursuit of an object, eager to obtain, having a long longing or a desire. What does expect mean? Expect means to look forward with excitement. To look forward with excitement. I'll never forget the day I married Brenda Raylene Edwards, who is now Brenda Raylene Edwards Thomas. But I had such an anticipation and such a wonderful expectation that this is the girl that God had brought into my life to spend the rest of my life with. I looked forward to that day with great excitement. I got so excited about us getting married that I got lost in the little town we were to get married in. 
There were like two houses and one church there. How could you miss it? I had my mind set on other things. My parents were with me and they thought, well, I know he was on drugs, but it doesn't look like you're getting any better. (laughs) They had this big statue right in the center of the town. Chief Bacon Ryan and Colonel Walters. And I kept going around and around and around. But I made it to that skee First Assembly of God on July 22nd, 1977. And we said, I do. And we still do. Friends, never lose that early fervor for your mate. Don't take one another for granted. Just because you're more familiar with her or him now, never ever take that person for granted. Yeah, but I've seen some of his faults. Well, he's seen some of your faults. Yeah, but he's a little larger than he used to be. I'm not going to say it. We all grow. It's part of our development. Love one another. Talk to one another. Cultivate your relationship with one another. Talk about what you're excited about. Talk about what your expectations are. We are not just to cruise through life toward retirement. Then retire and stay home and put our feet up and die a year later. I didn't intend to go this way. But you know why a lot of people die after they retire? Because they stop living. Hey folks, you don't have to stop living just because you retire. You can start living. You don't have to retire. You can re-fire. Now, it won't happen staying out of church. It won't happen going to the golf course three days a week. But it will happen if you will get involved in the things of the kingdom of God and stay active in your service toward the Lord. That wasn't even in the notes. But you look at your neighbor and say, it was all good. Anticipation. To look forward to a certain pleasurable expectation. What are you anticipating? Man, I'll tell you. I can remember when Brother Hagen would hold his meetings in the month of February in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, Winter Bible Seminar. And they would hold meetings in the summer for the graduates and for those that were in ministry. I can remember one night, Ralph Frugaletti, who was my faithful assistant pastor for over 10 years. How many remember Ralph? I still don't know how to spell his last name. But we were scheduled to be there on a Monday morning and we had a Sunday night service and we were so expecting great things in that meeting. We got on a red-eye flight, flew most of the night 
but we were in that meeting early Monday morning. Now, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I think that there is a lesson here for all of us. We must never take the things that God has put into our lives for granted. And it's easy to do. I believe that our anticipation and our expectation must grow and get stronger as the days go by if we're going to see the fulfillment of all the goodwill and plan of God. Psalm 27, 14 in the Amplified says this, Wait and hope and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage. Let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. Expect good things in your life. Expect to see good things in your family. Expect to see good things in your future. Expect to see good things in our nation. I believe that there would be a nationwide repentance in the body of Christ. And a wailing and a weeping between the porch and the altar and intercession. We would see things turn. Jesus, on his way to Jerusalem, wept over the city. Because they were not aware of their visitation. They had an expectation, all right. And their anticipation was that he was going to come and start a revolution and deliver them from Roman tyranny. But the revolution that Jesus started was not a revolution of overflow, overcoming the Roman government. It was a revolution based on the kingdom of God, based on the cross of Christ, which would usher in, whew, glory to God, millions and even billions to come into the kingdom of God. I believe that Jesus weeps over the Bay Area. I believe that he weeps over the unborn. I believe that he weeps over the corruption that he sees. And you and I, we are one with the great intercessor. The scripture says, that he ever lives to make intercession for us. He ever lives to make intercession over this nation. Come on, somebody. And we are one with him. And as we join in with him in intercessory prayer, in repentance, come on. We will see the things that God has for our country. I'm expecting it. I'm anticipating it. It's more than just a song. God is on the move, on the move, hallelujah. It's much more than that. He is on the move and we will see the glory of the Lord realized in the Bay Area, in our nation. Things are about to turn. There's a turning taking place. There's a breakthrough on the way. Because seeds of intercession have been sown, not just in the past two years, but in decades and decades and decades. And it's time for those seeds to come up.
So we're not going to lose heart. We're not going to back down. We're not going to back off. We are going to believe and stand to, to the saving of the soul of this nation. And if you agree with me, say amen. amen. So waiting and expectation means you're on the lookout. You ever had a special guest come to your house for dinner? You're making preparations. But you're on the lookout. Waiting for that person to come to your home. Lamentations 3.25 says this. This is the Amplified. It says, The Lord is good to those who wait hopefully and expectantly for Him. Oh, glory. There's a great gauge that you can look at in your life to find out what you're anticipating and what you're expecting. Listen to what you say as a way of life. Our expectations are vocalized in our daily speech. And I believe that it would be worth our while to take a good, honest look at the things that we are saying. Psalm 62, verse 5 and 6 says, My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. You are my defense, and I shall not be moved. The message says, I am set for life. Look at Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 18. It says, For surely there is a latter end and a future and a reward, and your hope and your expectation shall not be cut off. Say it with me. My hope and my expectation shall not be cut off. The message says this, That's where your future lies. Then you won't be left with an armload of nothing. Say it with me, my future is bright. Let's consider just for a few moments a few reasons why we should keep our sets, our sights high for expectation for a bright future. We can expect great things from a great God because we've got exceeding great and precious promises. And the word precious there is not a word that is used loosely in the New Testament. It's the same word found in Peter where he says, you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. God puts high stock on the precious promises and the precious blood of Jesus on an equal basis. And we don't have to faint. We don't have to give up because we are standing on the rock of God's word and they are exceeding great and they are precious. And when you stand on the rock and when you stand on the word of God, oh, glory to God, it brings deliverance, it brings freedom, it brings encouragement, it brings hope, it brings anticipation that, bless God, I am going to advance on the road of life. Glory to God. And God's word is the foundation of our expectancy. Look at Hebrews, the 11th chapter, in the first verse. How many of you have got faith? What about the rest of you? Where is this God kind of faith? 
this God kind of faith is in your heart. We have been dealt at the time of the new birth the measure of mountain moving faith. And in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says this, Now faith is the what? Another word for substance there is foundation. Another word for faith, we could say it this way, Now the word of God is... Faith and the Word are the same because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We get our faith that we can stand upon as a foundation from what we hear and what we see in the Word. So now the Word of God is you can't separate wet from water. Well, if I could just get more faith, then get more word. And then just don't get more word. Exercise the word that you've heard. Act on it. And your faith will develop and your faith will grow. So now the word of God is the foundation of things we hope for. Now, that word hope there is not wishful thinking. It's like the person said, well, will you be healed when I lay hands on you? I sure hope so. That's not expectation. That's just, I hope so. I don't know so, but I sure hope so. That is not the biblical word for hope found in Hebrews 11. The biblical word for hope literally is a confident, favorable expectation and anticipation based on the foundation that has been laid in your life by the word of the living God. So this word says I'm healed when I don't feel healed. But I've laid this foundation in my life that by his stripes I'm healed. And I'm standing. And I'm hoping. (coughs) I'm expecting. And I'm anticipating what God's word said. It shall surely come to pass. Say it with me. It shall come to pass. It shall all come to pass. It shall come to pass. At last. It's coming to pass. In my life. It shall all come to pass. In my life. In my country. In my ministry. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Say with me, now the word of God is my firm foundation of those things that I confidently expect and anticipate. I can remember where this building is concerned. We purchased this property in 2003. It was five acres, it was a movie theater. We purchased the property for, I think, four and a half million. It's not cheap. But to rebuild this today, we just heard from our insurance people because they raised our insurance. To rebuild this today would cost 15 million. From, from nine to 15. I guess the price of wood has gone up. Yes. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> So we had to put several million in to get this place ready. But thank God, by the equity, we're ahead of the game. But we're not going to just settle for being ahead of the game. What do you say? We keep on believing. We keep on expecting the supernatural intervention of God 
Miracles are not limited to the physical. They are also included in the provisional. I'm expecting provisional miracles. Not just for this church, but for you. Why not you? Why not God give you some kind of an invention that'll make millions? And you walk up to Pastor Tom and say, here's a check to pay it off. Woo! But there was this long period of time between the amen and the here it is. Amen was 2003. Here it is was August of 2007. Four years. And I remember talking to the Moors, Brother Moore and Miss Phyllis Moore. And they would ask questions and say, well, you know what's happening? And uh, I would just tell them, I'm expecting. I'm expecting. I'm expecting. They looked at me, yep, they're expecting and we're expecting with you. And what you're expecting in your life, we are standing with you. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Look at Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 8 through 11. You guys give me a little more time today. This may be the last Sunday. Well, next week will be the last Sunday I preach for a while because we've got disease coming and, and Mother's Day. So please don't get nervous in the service. The A's are losing. They got rid of all their good players. They're not even as good as a triple-A team right now. And the Warriors game doesn't start till later. They're in New Orleans. Psalm 16, verses 8 through 11, says, did I say Psalms or Proverbs? I meant Psalms, sorry. This is what happens when you change subjects. Psalm 16, verses 8 through 11 He said, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Day and night, glory to God, I'm going to stick with God. I've got a good thing going and I'm not letting go. In the message translation of the same verses 9 and 10. Did you wear your shouting clothes today? The message says this. I'm happy from the inside out. I'm happy from the inside out and from the outside in. I am Firmly formed. Look at this next one. You canceled my ticket to hell. (laughs) Woo! Glory to God. We're no longer on a highway to hell. We're on a highway to heaven. We're on a highway to glory. <laughs> Woo, my, my, my. The devil thought he kept Jesus down there, but oh, hallelujah. After three days and three nights, he came out. Now, notice this. You canceled my ticket to hell. That's not my destination. Next verse. Now you've got my feet on the light path. All radiant. From the shining of your face, ever since you took my hand, I'm on the right way. I'm happy. I'm happy from the inside out. 
I'm happy from the outside in. I no longer have a ticket to hell. And his right hand upholds me every day of my life. That'll help you to advance. Hallelujah. Oh, I love it. Now you've got my feet on the light path, life path. I saw something as I was meditating this week, found in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 28, talking about the paths of the Lord. See, when you're on the right path, you'll advance. But if you're on your own path, you could fall flat on your face. Because when we get on our own path, we really depart from the grace of God keeping us and sustaining us. That's why it's so important to discover His path. Now notice this in Proverbs 12, 28. Here's a revelation. Proverbs 12, verse 28. Go ahead and read it with me. In the way of righteousness is life, and in the pathway thereof... Now just stop right there. Let me remind you, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So in the way or on the path of those who have right standing with God, on their path is life. Don't take this lightly now. And in the pathway thereof, in other words, in the pathway of the righteous, there is no death. Oh, hallelujah. And so, we could say these things. In my pathway is joy, and there is no sorrow. In my pathway is light, and there is no darkness. In my pathway is strength, and there is no weakness. I'll try that on for size right now. Say it with me. In my pathway, there's life, and there is no death. In my pathway, there is abundance, and there is no lack. In my pathway is joy, and there is no sorrow. In my pathway is divine health. And there is no sickness or disease. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In your pathway is love and there is no strife. In that pathway there is strength. And there's no weakness. Yeah, but I feel weak. That's why you got to stay strong. Hallelujah. Say with me, in my pathway is life. There is no death. Now here's what can happen when you get a revelation of this. When this gets down deep on the inside of you through meditation and through expression and through action, your candle will get lit. Your mind will get enlightened. Your heart will get strengthened. Revelation knowledge will take over. Keep your shouting clothes on. Look at Psalms 18, verse 28 and 29. Psalms 18, verse 28 and 29. For thou, Lord, he's lighting my candle. Some of you came in with your candle a little, little bit waning today, but he's lighting your candle. Revelation knowledge is flowing. For thou, Lord, will light my candle. The Lord will enlighten my darkness. And when my candle is lit, and when I know that in my pathway there are good things and not bad things, Here's what we'll be able to do. Verse 29. Read it with me and shout. For by thee I have run through a troop. 
Come on, let's read it again. We can do better. For by thee I have run through a troop, and by my God I have leaped over a wall. By thee I have run through a troop, and by my God I have leaped over a wall. Try that in your living room at 6 a.m. tomorrow. So what this is saying, when your candle is lit, you'll be able to make it through. And not just make it through, you'll be able to advance into new territory. We can expect great things. Why? Exceeding great and precious promises. Get those off of here into here. It'll light you up, brother. We can expect great things. We can expect harvests. Because we have a record. From Genesis to Revelation of things that God has done and people that he has helped in the past. We are not to grow weary, but we are to follow them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Did not David run through a troop and leap over a wall? Did not Abraham receive all that God had for him? If you want to get encouraged, just look at Hebrews chapter 11 and notice over and over and over again, by faith Moses, by faith Abraham, by faith Sarah, by faith Gideon, and on and on and on in the hall of faith, it will encourage you in your walk with God. And last but not least... We can anticipate great things because God is great and He has done great things. Let me just tell you about it for a moment. In Deuteronomy 7, He's called the great and awesome God. In Genesis 15, He's our exceeding great reward. In Psalm 47, He's called the great King. In Hebrews chapter 4, he's our great high priest. In Hebrews chapter 13, he's our great shepherd. He has great mercy. He has great power. He gives great deliverance. He gives great rewards. He does great works. He does signs and wonders for his kids. Great is his goodness. Come on. Great is His goodness. Stand up, everybody. Great is my God. Great is your goodness. And great is your faithfulness. Glory to God. Put your hand over your heart and say, I receive the word of the Lord that came forward today. I'm expecting. I'm anticipating. And so shall I advance and fulfill all the will of my good, good Father. Glory to God.